98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Five o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Wednesday to you. Of course, we're hyper-focused on the Colonels and their season opener against the Chiefs on Sunday. NFL season starts tomorrow. Rams-Bills, that's going to be incredible. Diamondbacks baseball. The bullpen continues to be an absolute disaster in their game starting in about 40 minutes. Other than that, it's been a great last three weeks of Diamondbacks baseball. There's a lot going on, and we're not that far away from the Suns starting at least their training camp and their preseason. We're just really a few weeks away from their media day, which kind of kicks off their training camp and then their preseason and then their regular season opener is really only, what, five weeks away, six wow. weeks away? We're not that far from sun season. So and Before you know it, it's going to be Christmas Day and the Suns and the Cardinals are both going to be playing. You're like, where did the... T- like, this year's over. Yeah, it's... Like, where did the year go? That's going to happen. Me and you were looking you know the other day like, hey, uh, September 20th, the low's going to be 73 degrees. Me and Bersie looked at this. We, we, we're kind of crazy like that. I'm already counting down yesterday. the days to when it when I close like, off. September 20th, night. the low will be 73. I'm like, yeah, baby, bring let's it, go. Bring it. Bring me a low of 73. Uh, bring it to me right now. Tell me what time it is. I'm going to set the alarm. I'm going to go outside. <laughs> I just want to get to it. Hey, at 3 a.m., it's going to be 73 degrees. Great. Uh, I'll be up set having my coffee. Set the alarm for 258. I'll, I'll give you a call. I'll, I'll be up mm-hmm. having my I'll coffee. I'll be up. We're not that far from sun season, and, and the question that we all have is this version of the suns that we have in front of us, is this going to be the version they're going to start the season with? And there's been a lot of focus, thanks to your reporting last week on Boyan Bogdanovich, yes. and you had reported while while I was gone, that the Suns were indeed interested in Bogdanovich. And, and I, we brought it up yesterday, and you said you were going to get an update. You got an update. What's going on with the Suns and Bogdanovich right now? Yeah, what I'm hearing is that the Suns are still very interested in him, but here are the other teams that are interested. The Lakers are showing the most interest. The Lakers. So are the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks have come in. That's another team that's interested. And there's one other team that has interest, and that's the New York Knicks, but they're in the initial beginning stages. So the teams that are interested right now are the Lakers, the Mavs, the Knicks, and the Suns. I do think that the Suns are in this, but what's, what the Suns are up against is if everybody offers, because what, what, what the Jazz are going to get back are expiring contracts and draft picks. Like it's still, There's no amount of draft picks that they won't get. If they can get 472 draft picks, they're going to get 472 draft picks. The problem that the Suns are going to run into is that they are not going to be projected to have a better pick than the Lakers, the Dallas Mavericks, or the Knicks. So if, if all things are being equal and everybody's offering a first-round pick and expiring contracts, well, then you're not going to take the Suns' first-round pick because the other first-round picks are probably going to be better. So now you start to get in, Would you? can you get him for a first and a second? Could you get him for a first and two seconds? What could you do to get him where you don't end up taking... Well, you don't end up giving up two first-round draft picks. I don't think the Suns want to give up two first-round draft picks. But they can't beat out any of these other teams with just a first-rounder. So you would have to now say, what else can we do? Can you throw in a second to sweeten the pot? Do you do two seconds to sweeten the pot? So that's where they are right now. Yes, they're interested, but so are three other teams. The three teams, uh, of course, I don't really care about the Knicks. I would not want to see Bogdanovich go to the Lakers. I would not want to see him go to the Mavs. I mean, I, I I think that there's that's part of this conversation, right? It is not, you know, the Suns shouldn't acquire him because they want to keep him away. But I also certainly don't want to see him go to either one of those teams because I think it's it's safe to say both of those teams are 
title contenders in the West. I mean, we, we just got to be honest about it. Those are teams that you expect to be there at the end. Maybe the Lakers not as much. It's going to require Anthony Davis to be healthy. But I, I think those are teams that you can expect to see late in the season, in the postseason. And I don't want to see Bogdanovich go to either one of those teams. Now, you know how I feel about it. And I, I think you feel the same way. I very much want this player here. I, I think he's very much a now player. And I think the Suns are very much built for now to win right now. There's a longer term window to be sure, but I think the Chris Paul clock is ticking and they need to take advantage of it before it runs out. And I think Bogdanovich is the perfect player to do it. If you can swing this trade and not give up two first round picks and make it happen with a first, two seconds, Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit. It might be. And I've heard Landry Shamit's name as a possibility as somebody that might have to go back uh, in that deal because you did the trade. I, you know, I don't do the trade. Uh, what's it called? The, the trade, trade machine on ESPN. The trade, the trade machine where you punch in yeah. the players and it matches the salaries yeah. and it tells you whether it would work or not. I don't do you, it either. I just wanted to see if, if that would work. Yeah, you would have did. to do one of your. You would have to do Jay or Dario. And then you would have to do something else to make the numbers work because of the salaries, and that's where Landry comes in. So I think that's what it would take with the Suns. It would probably take one of those two guys, Landry, Shamit, and then a first-rounder. And then again, one first-rounder, one second-rounder, two second-rounders, what would it take? Because you've got to get ahead of these other teams that are showing interest. Everybody's going to be offering expiring contracts. Everybody's willing to offer one first-round pick. I do not believe that anybody's willing to offer two first-round picks. So that's where it just just depends on what the other offers are going to be. But the Suns are in a tough spot because their first-round pick is just not going to be as valued highly as these other teams. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's a, not quite a toss-up between them and the Mavs, but I think there's a chance the Mavs could be a little bit of a worse for a first-round pick. But I, I think you kind of have to play the odds and assume that the Suns are going to be the better regular season team. I'll be curious to see how much that market kind of unfolds and, and, and how much competition there is for Bogdanovich because I mean let's be honest he's also a player on an expiring contract he's got one year left on his deal so if you're a team you don't want to commit too much in the way of resources to get him right you understand you're getting a player on the last year of his deal but like you said like you said, I mean, this it's 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 these it's these two windows staring you at the face. Yes, two windows, and one window is Chris Paul, and right now, and the other is without Chris Paul, but Booker and Aiton and McHale and Cam, and what do you want to use your assets to do? You want you use your assets to help window number one right now, or do you want to use your assets to to help window number two when Chris isn't here? That's something you got, and it's hard to say. Okay, do both, do both, but if you give up multiple first round picks, you very well could be hurting your chances of helping window number two to help window number one. Yeah, and, and in simpler terms, what we mean by that is you give up all your draft picks in the name of the now. A year from now, there might be a player that you would desperately covet on the market. Can you imagine not being able to get that player because you gave up a bunch of first-round picks for Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, it, it would be worth it in the sense to go for it now. You just don't know. You just don't know. And, and what we said yesterday, and I really do believe this, we don't know specifically what player will be available a year from now, but this being the NBA, I think it's safe to assume that somebody's going to be available a year yeah. from now. Could you get the future replacement for Chris Paul? Because you're willing to offer all of these draft picks. But if you trade two, now you don't have to. Now you get by next year now, okay, you know, because if Chris plays two more years, then one of those draft picks would probably go. And now, okay, now you're only down one. But still, I mean, you do, 
you, you, one of the great things about being uh, about being in on the Kevin Durant is that they had all their draft picks available. Yes. They had all of them available, and that so gave that, them advantage over a bunch of other teams did, who were also in the running. They yeah. still didn't get them, but they it gave them a chance. But I also think, man. I really, really like Bogdanovich. Like, and at his age, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, maybe you could keep him. I mean, maybe you could, maybe you could find a way to keep him because he's good. Like, we always talk about one year with Bogdanovich because he's a free agent. Now, maybe he goes and somebody signs him to a three year deal and you can't touch it because he's, but he's a good, good player. Like, he's a really good, and he's exactly what you need an off the ball scorer. He's he's an off the ball scorer. Shoots the three well, moves the ball very very well. And they he'll, post him up. He'll, they post him up. He can step out. He can shoot his own three. He 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 will fit within the flow of the. He's, Everybody he's will like him. Almost exactly what this doesn't offense need the ball needs, in his hands. Right? Doesn't it, need the ball in his hands. And so I because mm-hmm. I recognize I, I, this window for me is more important than the bigger window. This now Chris Paul window is more important. I I want to see them do everything they possibly can in this window, but I would acknowledge you give up too many first-round picks and that's going to take you out of the running of the next superstar that becomes available a year from but now or two years from now. if you win a championship with Bogdanovich this year... Oh, sure. Then you won't care. Then you don't care. You don't care. You, you know, don't you, care that you miss out on a guy because you want it all because Bogdanovich... And Bogdan, listen, is there anybody out there that doesn't think Bogdanovich would be a big help? Not a little help, but a big help. Like, they added three players that aren't going to help them this year. Okay, These three players that they added are not going to really help them. Bogdanovich would be a big help. Yes. He's on a different level than Damian Lee or exactly. Jock Lawndale. Nothing against yeah. those guys, but he's on a different level. Than Koji, them. like these guys are, these guys are, he, Bogdanovich is good. He's yeah. really good. All right. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday, the Cardinals are just a few days away from the first game of the regular season. Is everybody going to be ready to go? Because it doesn't sound like everybody's ready to go. That's coming up here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. For a team that really didn't play anybody of significance in the preseason, for a team that rested a bunch of guys during training camp and, and didn't roll, did everything they could to protect their players as best as possible. There was... A shocking amount of guys who weren't able to practice today for the Cardinals. Like shocking. I, I think when we saw the list, it was, man, that many guys weren't able to go. That many guys weren't ready to practice the Wednesday before week one against the Chiefs. And and so I'll give you the list of the guys in a second. Okay. But it, it was, when you look at the Chiefs, and I saw a tweet from the gentleman we had on the show earlier, Adam Teicher. He's the beat writer who covers Kansas City for the for ESPN.com. All 52 guys for Kansas City, they were out there. They were ready to go. They were <laughs> Everybody's fine. Yeah, I have total injury report mm. envy when it comes to Kansas right. City. He's like, yeah, everything's ready to go and here. And they play Patrick Mahomes in every preseason game, and they play a lot of their starters. Yeah, you right. even asked yeah. him about that, and he said maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. Maybe the fact that they play their guys in the preseason. I don't know, but here's so here's what it looked like from where we were sitting. Um, Guys who didn't practice today. In the open portion of the Cardinals practice, we did not see center Rodney Hudson. We did not see linebacker Marcus Golden. We didn't see corner Trayvon Mullen. We didn't see defensive end J.J. Watt. We did see tight end Zach Ertz. He was on the field participating. And then, of course, the news that came down before practice 
was that Colt McCoy had been put on the injured list for four weeks. He's going to miss at least four weeks wow. with a calf injury. He was, calf he, injury, yeah. He was dealing with an arm injury like a week ago, and this wasn't the arm. This was a calf injury that he suffered. So here's Cliff, and here's what he had to say about all of it. And I'll just kind of run through some of these here. Colt McCoy's injury. Here's what Cliff had to say about that. Well, right here. Um, you know, just heard it during practice, and it's unfortunate, but um, we'll get Trace going and uh, keep it rolling. Let me play the beginning of that because I didn't have the button. Uh, calf strain. Um, you know, just heard it during practice. And All right, so it's a good thing they still have Trace McSorley available to them. Yes. You know, to be able to sign off they, the practice squad to be the backup him. now for the next four weeks. Yeah, it was rumors that the Lions liked him and that they may have grabbed him, but they didn't, so they were able to put him back on the practice squad. Now they could always put him on the 53-man roster if you're Arizona. But they were able to sign him back to the practice squad, and now with Colt out, they've got McSorley. Now, he, he's a he's a solid guy. Listen, you don't want to get to that point either way, right? You, if you get to, you know, Colt did a nice job for them. He won two out of three games last year. Kyler is a guy that you can, because of his slight stature, and his, you, you expect that it's, it's, it's harder for him to get through a 17-game season, and it is a, a, a more bigger physical quarterback, so you want to make sure you have your backup ready. McSorley knows this system, so it's good that they didn't lose him and have to bring in somebody else that didn't know no, him. No, it didn't, and at some point, I would imagine they're going to turn to the backup quarterback. Hopefully, it's no time in the next first four weeks of the season, because like, we, we trust Colt in those situations. We saw enough out of Colt to trust him there. That one is of less concern to me. I, th- I think the two big ones, and we got to talk about J.J. Watt, who missed a bunch of time with COVID, and okay, that's COVID, whatever, but now he's dealing with a calf strain. Here, again, with the calves. Here's here's Cliff Kingsbury on J.J. Watt. He has a calf as well, so a bit of a calf strain. He's day-to-day, um, so hopefully he'll be ready by Sunday. Uh, I hope so, too. He's got a calf injury, and he's got a calf. You get a calf injury, and you get a calf injury, and you get a calf injury. It's like Oprah giving out calf injuries. Stretch those calves, stretch boys. The calves? Stretch them. Like, can we go to a guy? Listen, why do we have so many calf injuries? <laughs> like, why does everybody have a calf injury? Like, like something's going wrong here. More stretching. We're kidding, but not. But on a serious note, J.J. Watt, all right, we're going into year two. And we're already kind of on shaky ground when it comes to our trust level in J.J. Watt to be able to stay healthy. I mean, let's just be honest. We don't have a lot of trust in that, do we? And here we are. They haven't even played a game yet. He hasn't done that much work. He hasn't participated in that many practices during training camp. And he certainly hasn't played in the preseason. And we haven't even gotten to week one. And we're already talking about J.J. and a calf injury and whether he's going to play or not. It's just like we're going down this road already. it's like taboo, and I and I know a lot of because people. JJ Watt's a very respected guy. And he's had a great career, and he's a Hall of Famer. But he's done nothing since he's been here. He played seven games last year. I, I and and it's not because he's not trying. It's not because he don't want to. I mean, JJ Watt will go through a wall to yes. play a football game. Yes. But what I'm saying is, he played seven games last year. He had one sack. They paid him thirty one million dollars over two years. Like they need JJ Watt to play. They need JJ Watt to not only play but play well. You don't want. And I, I compared it to Emmett Smith. I mean, Emmett Smith the last two years of his career, he played with the Arizona Cardinals and nobody remembers it. You know, I really hope that J.J. Watt doesn't play the last two years of his career with the Arizona Cardinals and nobody remembers it. I hope J.J. Watt can go out there and produce. I mean, they signed him based on what he's capable of doing, but he's had some injuries and he hasn't been able to really help. I give him a ton of credit for working his ass off to get back and play in that Rams game because that's just the type of character guy he is. But if we're we're calling it like it is, I mean, we talk about Jordan Phillips being a waste of $30 million 
million dollars. I'm hoping that we don't talk about J.J. Watt as a waste of $31 million. You use the Emmett Smith comp, and it's a good one. The guy I always think about in a moment like that is Shaq when he came to the Suns. The most distinctive moment in Shaquille O'Neal's career with the Phoenix Suns was the day they introduced him, and he stood up in that suite, and he pointed Hell, yeah. to that ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know he made an all-star game the next year, but the Shaq, actually did. Yeah. The Shaq era was gone. nothing special. No. He was, it was gone. It was done. He was over. And, and I think about J.J. Watt, and I don't think about Emmitt Smith. I think about Shaq and how I hope the most iconic memory we have of J.J. in a Cardinals uniform isn't the day that he announced he was going to be in a Cardinals uniform. Because right now, that's it. We, we, that, that image, remember that image of him? Yeah. He was doing squats with the squat bar. Yeah. And he's got the Cardinals gear on. And you're yeah. like, holy crap, JJ, JJ Watt's Watt, coming yeah. to the Cardinals. So far, that's kind of been the wow JJ Watt moment since he's been here. There hasn't been. And 50% of his time here is over. Yeah. And so now you've got, you know, he's got 17 games left. Can he, can he do anything? Can he do anything? All right, here's and it's, it's not again, not because they're not trying, but like, you know, you could question Jordan Phillips' work ethic and but you don't question I'm not questioning JJ Watt's work ethic, but I'm just saying both guys, you know, may end up being a waste of money. You're talking about getting bang for your buck. Yeah. And you're just worried that and I agree with you that you're not gonna get bang for your buck with JJ. The other ones, the offensive line, I mentioned Rodney Hudson. Now he's being listed as as a today was a rest day, but then you hear Cliff talk about the status of Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh, and he's making it sound like it's gonna go all the way up until Sunday before they know whether either one of their starting offensive linemen are going to play. Yeah, I think both will be more game time decisions. Rodney's gotten better um, each week, but we want to make sure he's completely healthy before we put him out there. Ah. Yeah, I know. He's right? another guy who's barely done anything this right. preseason at all, and we're already playing this game with him? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that they did a good job of addressing some areas with backups, including Cody Ford at guard, in case Pew can't go. But I think there's a lot of questions if, if, if Rodney Hudson can't go with center. Now, he got contemplated, contemplated retirement. Yep. So a lot of people, is he really into it? Is he 100% into it? Is he, you know, he would have had to pay back money if he retired. So he's back. Like, he's back. You just hope. You just hope that he's that he's mentally ready to play a full 17-game season and help this football team. That's what you hope for with him. Now, whether he can or not, I don't know. But that's not, that is one area that I think that they really need their starter to be available most games. I would agree. And, of course, Justin Pugh, if he's not good to go, that's what they got Cody Ford. Yeah, they got Cody Ford. For, you know, and, 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 I mean, the good news, Zach Ertz was out there. That's terrific news. Uh, Cliff said that Max Williams is a full go, which to me is a little bit of a surprise. I'll be honest. I thought maybe they were going to slow play that a little bit. So the tight end room could be fully healthy, which, which of course, is good. And we'll see where the injury situation is tomorrow. Maybe this is a lot of worry over nothing and JJ will be back on the field and Rodney will be back on the field. It's just, it, it feels like everything, we've made the joke that, that Cliff was wrapping the team in bubble wrap all offseason yeah. to prevent exactly stuff like this from happening and it, and it just feels a little frustrating to be here already and they haven't even played a game. You know, and we're already in this moment where we're like, is he going to be available? Because you did everything be you could to, to and it, the frustrating thing is like, it's a calf injury, and a calf injury, and a calf injury, and another calf injury. Like, <laughs> come on, it's a lot of calves. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of calves. Like when you have that many calf injuries, is you like okay? Can we reevaluate how we're 
stretching and getting ready into stuff like that? When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, is Kyler Murray going to play to the level of being a top 10 quarterback this season? Or is Kyler already there? That's coming up here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. So Wednesdays are the day that Kyler Murray typically meets with reporters to talk about the last game, preview the next game. And because it's a short week with the Labor Day weekend and me being on vacation, it kind of snuck up on us to a certain extent. And we were like, oh, yeah, today's Kyler. We hear from Kyler today. What's Kyler going to say about the season opener? And what, what what's Kyler's level of preparation going into week one of his fourth season and the new contract extension and et cetera, et cetera. And in the it, surrounding all of that, behind all of that, is Kyler's kind of place in this league. And, and again, all this content going into the beginning of the season, Gambo, it's really easy to find stories that are ranking quarterbacks. So who's the best quarterback at this? Who's the best quarterback at that? And it's gotten to the point, I don't know where you are with this. Anytime I click on a link where yeah. they're ranking quarterbacks, I assume... Kyler Murray is the 10th ranked quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> I swear. I just assume he's... And it's like I click on the link and I say, surprise yeah. me. Is he number 9 or yeah. is he number 11 or 12? Because I've seen so many of these rankings. And it seems like every time I click on one, Kyler Murray's 10th. Always 10th. Yeah. Never not 10th. Always number 10. Is he going to move up the ladder like Devin Booker did? Remember when Devin Booker was like, you know, 28th and then, yeah. then, he, was, then he was just outside of the top 20? that he was in the top 20, and then is he going to get top 10? And, you know, the problem is that there's so many other good quarterbacks that come up like, you know, like even after Kyler, think about the quarterbacks that got drafted with Kyler and the quarterbacks that got drafted after Kyler, and there's just so many good players. And so um, there's a lot of young guys on this list, too. Like when you look at the top 10, you've got the, you've got the old guard in Tom Brady, and you've got Aaron Rodgers, one, two. Then you've got Josh Allen, young quarterback, Justin Herbert, young quarterback, Mahomes, you know, a veteran quarterback, but he's only six years in the league. Joe Burrow's only been in the league for three years. He's there. Lamar Jackson. Hey, Lamar didn't get his contract on, huh? No, he did not. What is he doing? He did not. He seems very content to want to play the franchise tag game. Wow. I, I wonder if he's looking at the Kirk Cousins model like, yep, that's what I want to do. I want to be that guy. I want to get tagged a couple of times and make a bunch of money and then make a bunch more money. I, I don't know. He didn't. He did not. Unless that. He did not get paid. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Stafford eight, Dak Prescott nine, and Kyler ten. Kyler's ahead of Russell Wilson. He's ahead of uh, he's ahead of Derek Carr. He's ahead of Kirk Cousins and uh, the other guys. Once you start getting past those guys, like he's ahead of Russell Wilson. And I think some people may argue, like, how's he ahead of Russell Wilson? Come on. Um, but you know, I can see him ahead of Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill and Jalen Hurts and Matt Ryan now and Mac Jones and you know the other quarterback. Two are in those guys. I think he should be ahead of those guys. I'm not big on these ranking things either. I don't, you know, I don't really love them. To be honest with you, I, oh, there's to me there's there's one thing that could change a lot, and that's be Kansas City in Week One, because all these people that you know that you know that are down on Kyler for whatever reason, or down on the Cardinals. You, you know, all the all the people that we've talked about that don't have the Cardinals in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They don't have them in the playoffs. They go out there and beat Kansas City week one. And I know what you're going to say. There's always the collapse at the second half of the season. They beat Tennessee in week one last year. Yeah, I know, but nobody's counting out as a win. 
If they go out there and they beat Kansas City in week one, they're going to get a lot of attention. All these people that like, hey, well, I didn't have the Cardinals in the playoffs. They're going to start to rethink that a little bit with a win over Kansas City. I, I think so, too. It's funny that you mentioned that. I was actually thinking about that driving in today, about the power of the tone setter. And, and what's that old cliche? You, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Man, the Cardinals' first impression last year against the Tennessee Titans went a long way. And yes, to your point, you can make the argument that at the end of the day, it didn't really matter because they collapsed in the second half of the season because they played so poorly against the Rams in the playoffs. But think about that Monday when we all came into work and we were all talking about the Cardinals win over the Titans and how just that one moment kind of changed our eye level a little bit when it comes to the cards and what they were capable of and what they might accomplish. Now, the same is true the other way. If they get their teeth kicked in on Sunday against Kansas City, we're going to come in here on Monday like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Will we? I think I expect them to lose that game. Okay, if they lose badly, yes. If they lose, no. But if they lose 41 to 30, 41 to 28, that you could I'm talking about like one of those 41 to the offense and the defense are both bad? Yeah, where they're like like a 31 to 10 kind of game. Oh, geez. Okay. You know, like one of those. And I don't want to try to speak anything into existence, but I, uh, I do think it's a, a moment like this has the chance to set the tone. And and one way or another, I mean, that Titans game, that's Can I bring the, something up? Sure, go ahead. They lose the game and they lose by a lot. But Rodney Hudson doesn't play. And J.J. Watt doesn't play. And Justin Pugh doesn't play. And some of the other guys, um, uh, Trayvon Mullen doesn't play. And all of a sudden, now the five guys that we're like worried about, and they don't play. Does that factor in at all, or you're still like, no, they got blown out. That's bad. I'd still be no, they got blown out. Okay. That's bad. Okay. Only because those guys, if they're not ready for week one, don't you have to wonder how ready they're going to be all season long? Don't you have to worry about how ready they're going to be all season long? I mean, if I can't get those guys ready for week one after protecting them all in August, how ready are they going to be a month and a half into the season? How ready are they going to be two and a half months into the season? I, their, their lack of availability in week one will scare me all season long because it feels like they'll be on the edge of not yes. being available all season long. Yeah, I get it. The calf injuries are just like, it's a calf injury. I, 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 come on. I know. Well, it's, but it's stretch that bad boy. It's, you know what? It's to me, it's older players and you just wonder how much they have left. And in particular, we're talking about Rodney Hudson. Sure. We're talking about JJ Watt. Older and Justin Pugh. I'll throw him in there too. Older players, how much do they have left? How much can you count on them? Because if you can't count on them in week one, it makes it infinitely harder, I think, to count on them in week 10 or in week 15 because you're... It could linger. If injuries can linger and if you get off to it... I mean, listen, I get it. I, I get it. You would you would rather be in Kansas City spot right now where you're relatively healthy than yeah. not. There's still a lot of weapons on this team. If Justin Pugh can't go, they've got a guard that can replace them. Their tight ends seem to be okay. Um, look, Trayvon Mullen or not, the cornerback issue is going to be a problem for them. It's going to be a problem with Trayvon or without Trayvon. It's 100%. still going to be a problem. Yes, it so, is. Um, I guess you're right. There's no excuses here. I don't want to sit here and I don't want to come in here on, on Monday and be like, oh, but they were missing four guys. So you're like, it is what it is. Like, yeah. you know, that's how you build a roster with 53 guys on it. There's only 11 guys on the field at one time. You got to have, you got to have depth. And I don't think that's going to happen. It's just, again, it was one of those, man, last year's season opener was like best case scenario. They went on the road. They beat a team that I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to beat. They beat the Titans yeah. and it felt really good. And they beat the hell out of them. They did. They beat them. It was definitive. Okay. Right. But what happened to the Titans? 
What happened to the Titans? Yeah, they, they, they went on. They had a great season. They went on. They had a great season. They lost the first game. They lost Eric Henry, and they still had a really good season. They had a great season. And so it just it sets a tone, and it just gives you a feeling one way or another. Feelings can be overcome. You just don't want to set the tone like that. Kyler today was talking about what he wants to get better at this season. Oh, man. There's a... I was I was I had I had a, I had a good start until I got hurt, um, and those things you can't uh, can't really explain when you get hurt and you try to come back and you try to play the same. Um, it, it's tough to do, but. Um, Hopefully, you can stay healthy this year and and, and then play throughout the whole season. Um, but before that, I mean, there's a lot of things that you know, in the midst of uh, being undefeated, that we, we had a lot of things that we could get better at. But uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going out there focused on ex- executing and playing well. Uh, don't really have anything for you as far as uh, details and stuff like that. But at the way the season ended last year, Kyler was asked about that whether that motivates him this year. I mean, you got to take last season for what it was. Uh, started off strong, um, obviously. So you got a bad taste in your mouth from from the, the way we ended the season, uh, but I mean, there's there's no better opportunity than you know, like you said, the Chiefs coming into town, uh, home game, ended ended the season you know last year not not very strong at home, so it's another opportunity for us to prove uh, prove that uh, narrative wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we had a great off season, um, brought a lot of good pieces in. I'm confident where we're at, um, and I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a good game. It's hard to have a read on this team. It really is. I think that a lot of people have a hard time getting a read on them. It's a hard. I'm having a hard time getting a read on them. Like, is there any other team in the league that people are having a harder time getting a read on? Um, New Orleans. I think it's been up in like New Orleans. I think New Orleans I mean, could be one. I think Miami could be another okay. team that's kind of difficult right. to get a read on because you're just not sure about Tua and they've made so many changes and they got Tyreek Hill and they changed coaches. I mean that that's. Um, who else? Who else is, is, is? Would you put San Francisco on that list? Is it tough getting a read on San Francisco? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. But the, the roster is great. The roster is fantastic. Roster is great. Just the quarterback question. But now they kept Garoppolo though. So if Lance doesn't get the job four weeks in, Trey Lance not ready. They go to Garoppolo. Who else am I having a hard time? The, I'm having a hard time getting a read on the Patriots. I'm not sure what to think about them. They're always good. I, I just don't know in the AFC how good they can be. They're always good. I'm having a hard time getting a read on the Titans. I, I think the Titans are one of those teams that it might be throw it in reverse time for them. That organization, they've won so many games. They've done such a good job the last four or five years, and they're consistently, steadily good. That's a team I, I could very easily see. In. The Broncos. Who is expected? I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be great. Maybe they're not going to be great. I think they're going to be pretty good. You think so? I do. I think they're going to be better than the Chargers. Um. No, better I than the Raiders. I think I think they're going to be better than the Raiders. Better than Kansas City? No, I think Kansas City is going to be better. So, in that, like, if I'm picking that division, I'm picking the Broncos third. But in that division, that may be good enough to. That's probably good enough to get a playoff spot. Yeah, I think the Broncos are going to be pretty good. I think Russell Wilson. Because here's the thing, and I know we're late for a break. Here's the thing about Russell Wilson. Man, he is. He's been playing with with the handcuffs on. The last couple of years in Seattle, right? He's been battling Pete. So you on may that see the offense. best version of Russell Wilson. I think right you're going to see the best version of Russell Wilson because they're going to hand him the keys and say, "What do you want to do, man? It's up to you." And I think you're going to see a very 
happy Russell Wilson, especially with the contract extension. When we come back, the Diamondbacks are trying to realign their pitching plans, both in terms of the back end of the bullpen and in the rotation. The game against San Diego is underway. What happens at the end of that game if they have the lead? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, games that we're going to watch tonight, Diamondbacks baseball. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm going to watch tonight. I know you are too. It's just what our pain tolerance is for this game tonight. Oh, you know, like, and I'm I'm not trying to be glib about it. It, it You want whip? I'll give you a whip. (laughs) Whip it good. (laughs) This has been all positive. We're going to hit you with the one negative. You ready? Uh, here we go. Gambo's gonna ask me a question that I don't want to answer again. Do you have that? Do you have that uh, promo, that Burns and Gambo promo that you made from that conversation? There, not the Whip It one, but the other one with Tori. Um, so I'll look for it. Give me a hot second on. Okay, that. I know, but I know. I, I, you weren't expecting me. It, it, Mitch. It's behind the curtain stuff right now. It might actually not hit know, air for a while. Before Fun yesterday, right, we were talking about. Um, there were so many good things to talk about. There was. You know, there was debuts of, of pitchers and stolen bases and beating good teams. and But this was before we had him on yesterday, before the blown before save. The blown save. I'm like, hey, I got to ask you about this. <laughs> Bullpen sucks. <laughs> what I'm asking Mitch to do is, is and it's, it's an unusual request. You want me to play the full thing? Do you, yeah, so, we, so Mitch listens to the show and he takes some of our best parts. And he turns them into promos for the show that play throughout the course of the day. I don't even know if this one's on the air right now on the station. But Mitch played this for me yesterday. He did such a good job with it. Go ahead and play for our audience. This is funny. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6. Troy Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. This has been all positive. We're going to hit you with the one negative. You ready? Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I, who else would have brought the one negative thing up? Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, 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 I wanted to Gambo. tell him not really, but I love Gambo, so we got to let it eat. Let's go. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 to 6. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Just the, yeah. the pause that Tori has uh, before. Can I hit uh, you with a negative? Yeah, he's like... Well, yeah. I'm going to hit you with the negative. It's been all positive. There are a lot of good things to talk about the Diamondbacks, but your bullpen sucks, and we got to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Diamondbacks are on tonight, and they are scoreless against the San Diego Padres. Now, I, I, you know what? I just figured out why the game started an hour earlier. It's also, in addition to Bally Sports, it's on FS1, I think. So it's got like a different TV audience. That's why the weird start oh, yeah, time I just tonight. had somebody message me. Hey, on FS1, they're talking about the Diamondbacks' speed. Um, so yeah, so, like, so oh, that, yeah. I think that's why it's got the different start times tonight, because usually it would be an hour okay. later. So that game is scoreless right now. That's what's on tonight in the games that we're going to oh, watch. Oh, good. Today. So a national audience can see them blow it tonight. Well, you know, It's not going to be Kennedy or Melanson tonight. They're going away from those guys. But here's the thing. You know what? Okay, and, and tell everybody again what you learned about if it's a safe situation. You just, saved the situation tonight. I do not expect that they turn to Mark Melanson or Ian Kennedy. I think it'll either be Reyes Moranta or Caleb Smith. I'm not sure which one. But I would expect if they're in that situation tonight and they need to save, I would expect that it will either be Caleb Smith or Reyes Moranta. They got to try something else. They can't keep going back to that that well. Look, and I know that the blown save last night and all the blown saves are still fresh in our mind. But you know what? And and I'm not trying to be all like happy-go-lucky, everything's cool. There are a lot of good things about this baseball team I would want a national audience to see. 
a lot of good things. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, mean, I, I agree. I, yeah. I, I know the blown save is at the front of our mind because we all watched it last night. And it was awful, and you were on Twitter, and I was on Twitter, and it was terrible, and everybody it sucked. I okay? know. You even mentioned your your wife was like, "Shouldn't they have taken him <laughs> my, out of the my, game?" My wife and I were sitting on the couch watching the game, and she's like. Do you, do you think he should have, you know, that we should take him out of the game? And I didn't even say anything. And like two seconds later, she's like, yep, should have taken him out of the game. Uh, she, even she knows. Even she knew. Right. She should have taken him out of the game. Right. Um, but she that, knows. That being said, man, there's a lot of stuff to like about what the Diamondbacks are doing right now. There's a lot of positivity that admittedly got short-circuited last night. And kind of got cut off of the past last night. But by and large, I kind of want a national audience to see Corbin Carroll. You know? Yeah. I don't want a national audience to see Alec Thomas Jake making a great catch. Jake McCarthy on this speed. baseball team. It's I want to blow everybody away. National audience to see Christian Walker, who's having a prolific home run year this year in Major League Baseball. Don't, don't let all of the bad junk from last night fool you. There's a lot to be proud of with this baseball team. So I'm glad that a national media outlet is carrying the D-backs game tonight. Good. I, I hope everybody gets to see the better side. I'd love it if Zach Gallen were starting tonight. That dude, he needs more national attention. Merrill Kelly, that dude needs more national attention. With the way those two yeah. have pitched, they need more eyeballs on them because they've both had incredible seasons. Oh, look at the their Diamondbacks. ERAs. Look at their you know player of the month and pitcher of the week and all the awards they got. But I did say earlier, too, I expect that I expect that you will have a a real six man rotation. And I know yesterday we were debating what it was going to be. From what I've heard, I think they are going to go to a real six man rotation. Not like, hey, maybe we'll for this guy we will and that guy, but that guy we won't. But I expect that it's going to be that that Gallon and Kelly will pitch every sixth day instead of every fifth day. I'm surprised by that. that I know you that are. That really surprises me. I know. I, I hearing Tori explain it yesterday. Gave me the belief that there was a little wiggle room in there, you know, that there would be yeah, some guys who would and room. some guys who wouldn't be on a six man rotation. Because I, I, Zach Gallen, as long as he's healthy and strong, I, I'd like to see him pitch every fifth day. Merrill Kelly, I like to see him pitch. And I get it. We're coming off of the COVID seasons and everybody's innings are all out of whack and you want to manage injuries for the future. And all. I, I totally get extra, all that. Extra rest day from now until the end of the season. I, for I understand the logic behind all that. But if those guys are feeling good, I'd like to see him finish strong. But if that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We will see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.